The reading is taken from John 14, verses 18 to 21 and 25 to 27. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. Anyone who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Helen. Good morning. Um, let's pray. Holy Spirit, come. Presence yourself with us now. Help us to learn something this morning and to learn more of you. In Jesus' name. Amen. So here Jesus is trying once again to reassure, reassure his disciples and perhaps to give them some peace that it's actually going to be okay when he leaves. Can you imagine their horror and their fear at the thought of losing him? I think being with him must have been an amazing time. His presence must have been magnetic. They've been with him three years. Watched as he did amazing things, miracles, like feeding thousands, healing lepers, raising the dead, giving sight to the blind. They've marveled at his wisdom. And now suddenly he's telling them, I'm going. He might be saying that, but he's saying, but I'm going to leave my presence with you. I'm leaving the Holy Spirit to represent me or represent me. He's going to be the go-between, the one who communicates with us and the one who tells us what's on God's heart. And one of the important things that the Holy Spirit does is to bear witness that we are his. He gives us that assurance that we belong to him and we are part of his family. The Holy Spirit is going to be instrumental in making Jesus real in their lives after he's gone, and he's instrumental today in making Jesus real in our lives. And we have that privilege of carrying his presence with us. Well, Jesus didn't just tell them this in order to make them feel a bit better and to comfort them, but because he knew he was going to leave them with a huge job to do. 
Jesus told them in Acts 1 that the Holy Spirit would equip them for this task. It says you shall receive power or ability in order to witness. I think Jesus knew they'd need a helper. And I think he knows we need one too. So the church, that's us, that's each one of us individually, has a massive responsibility to share his love and to be co-workers with Christ. <clears throat> Our lives should be lived in partnership with him. And we should be earnestly seeking his plans and his presence and his agenda. The Holy Spirit is therefore essential so we can walk in friendship and relationship with God. Hear his voice, understand his leading and guiding, and receive his teaching. In the Old Testament, God spoke to his people through prophets, but now we have a personal relationship with him. And Jesus wants that relationship to grow and the Holy Spirit is there to facilitate that. The Holy Spirit wants to communicate with us intimately as any loving father would do. And he wants to teach us. He always points us to the Father or to Jesus. He brings to mind the things we have learnt or read, especially when they're needed. Remember talking to somebody and suddenly think, oh, yeah, that verse, that's just for you today. Or, oh, I read something that will help you. So how do we hear God today? Well, we hear him through a variety of ways, but I've listed a few. Uh, always through scripture, and nothing, nothing will contradict scripture. So a verse may just jump out and speak to us and we'll know that that is God speaking to us today. We might hear him through other people. We might seek some advice or want to chat something over with somebody and they will point us to the Lord. Who knows? We might hear him through a sermon. We might hear him through tongues or interpretation, God's words spoken directly to us. Or prophecy, again, God's word spoken to the church or to us personally. We might hear him through that still, small voice in our spirit, maybe a little nudge in our conscience. Or we might hear him through pictures, when God opens up his desires for us and shows us things. Do you remember when Noah sent the dove out of the ark after the flood? The third time she didn't return because she'd found new life on which to rest. The Holy Spirit is just the same. He needs us to be born again, regenerated, call it what you will. He needs new life in us in order to rest on us. Then Jesus goes on to say something that's quite hard. He says that loving him and keeping his commandments are inseparable. Well, obey is not a very popular word these days, is it? It's more like, I did it my way. 
that God is unchanging and his word does not change with the world's changing views and standards. And I think today's media, films, love's been interpreted as a very emotional thing. And yes, it is. Um, but also it can be more than that. It's active. I can remember when my husband first came to know the Lord, he went to see the vicar. He said, I'm really worried. I, I just don't think I love the Lord like other people do. And the vicar said to him, well, John, if God asked you to do something tomorrow, would you do it? And John said, yes, of course I would. And he said, well, you don't need to worry then, do you? Because you love him. And it's great to be emotional about what God has done for us, but it must be backed up by a willingness to obey. And sometimes those decisions are costly. Our relationship with God should be motivated by love. A desire to be close to him, hearing him and obeying him. And hear the Holy Spirit there to help us. So what are the things that Jesus has told us to do to obey? Well, there's plenty of them. But I think maybe two of the most important are that we are to love one another and to forgive one another. Now that's not always easy because we're all very, very different people with different backgrounds. And perhaps if it weren't for being in the same church family, then we wouldn't naturally choose to be together. We may find someone's habits annoying. We may have to forgive time and time again. Holy Spirit will give us the grace to be able to do so. God is not going to tell us something new until we have obeyed the first thing he told us to do. Jeremiah 7:23 says, "But I gave them this command, obey me, and I will be your God and you will be my people. Walk in all the ways I command you." that it may go well with you. So is our response to God's commandments, but I want to do it my way. The Holy Spirit will convict when our lives are not reflecting his love. We feel distant from him. We are told not to grieve, resist or quench the Holy Spirit because he's gentle and he's easily offended. Lastly, Jesus goes on to tell the disciples that he's leaving peace with them. The Holy Spirit, as we know, is often represented by a dove, and the dove also represents peace. And Jesus is saying that the peace he leaves us is quite different from the enjoyment that the world gives. It can be felt even in the most difficult of circumstances. It's a peace that passes all understanding. Take Paul and Silas in prison in Acts 16, or Richard Wormbrand, who was tortured in a Romanian prison, but said leaving it was like coming down from a mountaintop experience.
peace is a fruit of the Holy Spirit and should be the natural outcome of our walk with Christ and comes through knowing Jesus and allowing him to reign in our lives. Well, fruit doesn't just happen overnight. Do you know that, first of all, you get the blossom, then you get a little tiny apple, and then it grows and grows and grows. And we need to learn how to cultivate peace, and we need to learn how to protect it. Peace is our inheritance, but Satan wants to take away our peace. And one of the biggest ways he uses is fear. In fact, I think it's probably his biggest weapon. Because fear grips us, controls our lives and our actions, and consequently robs us of our peace. That's when we need the Holy Spirit to remind us of God's word to us. Fear not is in the Bible 366 times. So we've got one for every day and one spare. (laughs) Our peace is also a good indicator of our walk with the Lord. Ever suddenly felt unsettled, get to the end of the day or halfway through and you think, oh, I don't know, somewhere along today I've lost my peace. Quite frequently we can actually trace it back to a certain point when something happened And that maybe unsettled us. Maybe we reacted badly. Maybe somebody reacted badly to us. And the Holy Spirit can gently put his finger on the problem and we can sort it out. If you've ever read uh, Brother Lawrence's book, Practicing the Presence of Christ, it's just such a good example of this, that the minute he thinks he's had a thought or something that's, Um, not what it should be. He says he's sorry to the Lord and then carries on. It's a super book if you haven't read it. Tiny, tiny little book. Our peace is also a confirmation when we're seeking help with the decisions or the way forward. Sometimes we can lose our peace when we're very tired and a tired mind is fertile soil for the enemy to plant lots of negative thoughts which will destroy our peace. I think there's so much stress in the world today and many people are searching for peace but looking in the wrong direction. We have the Holy Spirit to help us to point them to Jesus. Now, evangelism can be quite a difficult thing, especially if we're answering questions that people haven't asked. Um, But our testimony is very, very powerful, and when we give that, it's what Jesus means to us and what he's done for us, and you really can't knock a personal experience. We may feel we don't have opportunities to evangelize, but secular work is full-time service. It's our witness, and we are ambassadors for Christ wherever we are, and we have the spirit of peace to enable us to do that. If, for example, you feel this morning that that Holy Spirit of peace has not rested on you and you would like him to do come and speak to somebody at the cross after the service and have prayer, or if anything has touched you and you want prayer, do please come. Thank you. Amen.